All right, ladies and gentlemen, good evening down here in Mary Esther, Florida. My co-host, Drew Luster, coming in from Gloucester, Massachusetts, way up back home. Uh, this is the Brown Bag Lunch Pod. We'll be bringing you the hottest news, the greatest takes, and just some good times on here. Uh, we're missing one tonight, Devin Murray, one of our other co-hosts. He's out with possible case of the coronavirus confirmed case at his workplace and he's been feeling a little bit under the weather uh, so we thought it was best not to stream those coronavirus airwaves tonight even though his microphone didn't come in through amazon <laughs> so with that let's go down the lineup card today uh, we're going to talk a little coronavirus because that's the hot topic of the world currently then we'll get into our meat <coughs> and potatoes segment and that's going to be all you can know about sports uh, for the most part, but we're going to dive into, hey, what can continue right now? Then we'll have our guest intramural fan of the week. We hope that's going to be a recurring th uh, theme across our podcast, stories being told to us from around the country. And then pet peeves coming at you, uh, social media posting, and what really, really kills us when we wake up in the morning and just infuriates us to our, our core. So with that being said, let's dive into the first segment here and get a little coronavirus update. Coronavirus! Coronavirus! And that's Cardi there. Uh, very, very viral take from her. In a scantily clad outfit, to say the least. Yeah, it's almost like she has some... She looks like a knight in shining armor. She's wearing some, like, gold-linked type of dress, which... Some, you don't hate it, but you, you more so you just respect it, you some, know. Some leather and lace, absolutely. Uh, so past couple of days, I've been thinking, you know, everybody's thinking, how the heck can we cure this thing? How can we get past it as quick as possible? And the one thing that kept popping up in my mind, and then I saw a meme of it, was when dogs get an itch on their face, a little rash, maybe you don't want them itching it. What do you do? You put that cone of shame on, <laughs> and with that cone of shame comes a little bit of san uh sit not sanity shame shame i mean, it sana is, I mean sanitization so you i mean there's really no other way to put it you hit, you hit the nail on the head we're at a point now um globally where i don't care if you wake up with you know a minor case of allergies you're going into your living room after you after you cure that cup of coffee and you're throwing on the living room lampshade around your neck from nine to five and you know and that's just how it has to be, I think, at this point. Um, you know, we'll get into this a little bit later. But, you know, we, we've seen some people who, um, I guess the way I would look at it is are a little bit insensitive to the idea of uh, th this pandemic, which is growing and increasing rapidly. So, um, yeah, the cone of shame, I think it's a great a great idea. And I think it's perfect for, for certain people who who just can't help themselves. Yeah. I mean, think of Bed Bath & Beyond, the, the lampshade sales that would be going on right now. I mean, they'd be through the roof. The, the stocks for Bed Bath & Beyond would be back up. Uh, with that being said, let's dive right into that topic. Uh, I think you're hinting at it, foreshadowing, some would say. Spring breakers, yeah. uh, early on in this pandemic, we saw people we knew going on spring break. My, my cousin Calvin, uh, as well as his sister, went on spring break. I know Lizzie did not. Good choice on her, I would say. Yep. yep. And, but, I, yeah, it's insensitive to what was going on at the time. I would like to think by now everybody understands the, the repercussions, but there is a certain 
uh, population that people think does not get it. It would be the generation just below us. So what, four years ish away from when we graduated back in 2014 from Gloucester public high school. Uh, but yeah, so for me, it just, it's the selfish thing, uh, about this whole ordeal is yeah, you're, you're not gonna die from it, but then you go, you know, give your grandmother or grandfather a hug or maybe even your parents, if they're getting up there in age, uh, and then they're screwed. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, no, nobody knows. That's the scary part about it, I think. And, um, you, you know, as we sort of talked about off air, you almost have to just try to make a joke of these people and, and bring a little bit of light to the topic because it's so um, just insensitive and disgusting that there's people out there who would make these types of decisions. And it's unfortunate. Um, you know, I can't say... I try to put myself in that situation and I'm not sure I'm not sure I'd even make that decision if I was able to. I mean, um, you know, everybody has their trips. We didn't include it and we had to cancel it and move it to the fall or wherever we may. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would agree completely with you. It's, it's certainly a shame. And for those people who, um, you know, you see on Twitter and Instagram, uh, gloating and, and laughing about it. Um, I'm sure that in, you know, even a week's time, they won't be laughing at this point just because, you know, of how this thing has really grown. Yeah. And let's just say, and hey, we canceled our our little trip down here as I was getting back. And the worst part to me in my mind is they don't have an excuse as to why they went. The airlines were giving them their money back. Airbnb, who I have never in my life seen give money back. We're given like yeah. full refunds. My dad was supposed to go to the Masters this spring. Full refund on his rented property. Like just people who are just personally renting out their places are saying, here, we'll give it back. We'll do it again next year or down yep. the line. You know, the worst case you'd get a voucher for like airline tickets, which I believe you got. So yeah. I just don't understand, hey, if you're going to make the decision, I would think it'd be a money-driven one. And not just a selfish one, because it's just selfish. To me. Yeah, well, you know, my th- my thought there to kind of echo what you said was, I'm not sure that the people in that category that we placed there, about you know three, four, five years behind us, have that value in mind. I think it's more of I don't care, I'm invincible, you know, and they'd rather go have fun and get blackout with their friends for five days straight than possibly get something that echoes or, or reminds them of the flu, shall I say? But um, obviously that statement has been, um, I guess preached for a little bit now. And, um, I think over the past, you know, couple of weeks or so, you've seen that that is just simply, uh, not even remotely close to the truth. So, yeah. And I'll just leave them with this cause they're whoever listens to this, uh, who did go on spring break would counter argue somehow, but I'll leave them with the JFK. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Uh, with that, let's get into the meat and potatoes segment after they're feeling bad, mulling on that one, chewing on that. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about sports that can continue because, yes, you're not going to get crowds. There's certain states that have uh, restrictions in to limit less than gatherings of 50. Uh, others were like 250. So stadiums and arenas are out. Uh, Drew, give me your thoughts here on any sports you think can continue or if it's a good idea for those sports to continue? 
Yeah, I, I mean, my first thought would be esports. Obviously, I know you know you're seeing a lot of people have this same discussion. We'd assume that um, general viewership would be through the roof. It doesn't seem like that's the case from an average Joe like myself. Um, if anybody listening has any information or is more involved than I am into esports, by all means, please, please, I'd be happy to to address that with them as they chime in. Um, off air, but that's one thing that I'm just a little bit surprised about. I think you're seeing more, um, you know, different leagues like the NBA and NHL start to lean into their respective EA and, and 2K video games and try to um, leverage some of today's stars to just continue um, keeping people involved in, you know, video game tournaments and things of that nature. So um, that's really all I had on esports. And then you kind of dive into golf a little bit. Um, a couple of my clients at work were talking about um, how, you know, whether it's a little bit out west or down south, there's still some golf courses that are open um, in Virginia specifically, which surprised me. Um, I'm not sure if it's a matter of just playing without pins. I know we had that conversation. Yep. Um, there's a lot you can do it, do with it. But again, you're always going to have those purists who, um, in golf especially, are going to try to, um, you know, just come back with, oh, you're ruining the game and this and that. So. Um, those were my two main thoughts. I'm not sure if you have any kind of color to add there either. Yeah, I mean, just from a economical point of view for the sports and the commissioners themselves, if you're the first one on TV at this point uh, when nobody else is playing, you're going to make a killing. You're going to have the entirety of America watching. If you have any global outreach such as uh, soccer does, or the NBA even. I know they were supposed to start some for, sort, uh, sort of basketball in China. They ended up delaying that again. But whoever does it first, uh, your viewership's going to be through the roof. You're probably going to see no crowds. But for the players like LeBron who said he won't play because oh my God. You know, there's no fans out there and that's who he plays for, I don't respect that comment at all. Since I think that's bullshit. Since I'll just his. come out and say it. Yeah, I mean, you're playing for millions of dollars, and you're playing for the fans at home. What about the fans at home, LeBron? Yeah. You're not thinking of those people. And the fact, uh, the whole Chinese debacle at the start of the NBA season, he was on the, the wrong side of history in that portion. <laughs> Unfortunately uh, so for I, him, yeah. I just can't feel like he has the moral high ground in this situation <laughs> to only say, I'm just playing for the fans. Yeah. Hashtag stay hot LeBron is what I would say. <laughs> yeah, there's always a take in there. Uh, as for golf, uh, great sport, great example for me personally to think, hey, how can you do professional golf uh, and continue with it? Brady and uh, Mickelson versus Tiger and Peyton Manning is being talked about on Twitter right now. And it seems so simple because if they don't have it, you can do a 14-day test period of – we don't have it get like a couple cameramen out there to work and just stay away and just televise that i mean you pay-per-view that you saw the numbers they got for the tiger phil originally uh with when there is actual sports on in thanksgiving week this would be through the roof again so i'm looking forward to i guess quasi sporting events like that uh just just seeing everybody dive into it and the gamblers will be very happy no doubt about it. I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. And then uh, my last point, which I think a lot of people are probably aware of, is what I like to call the Ocho Sports. I don't know if you guys saw last weekend, but 
Um, ESP, ESPN, the Ocho, made a brief return last weekend. I think it was on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, and they played all of the oddball sports. Like, I think it was darts, stack cup, um, you know, cornhole, all, all of those types of weird sports that have been on where, you know, I, I think you could probably pull it off depending on how you set it up, sort of like you said with golf, Kurt. I think it depends on the logistics of it. You have to be smart with, you know, the implementation. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> whoever does choose to end up taking that first step and, um, you know, taking that leap of faith and trying to kind of broadcast something is going to is, is gonna probably, you know, benefit in a great way. Yeah, and it's, it's totally doable, uh, the precautions you'd have to take. Uh, it takes time, but yes, it is doable. With that, let's roll right into my good friend, my past roommate, He's going to be our guest intramural fan of the week. This guy's filled with stories. Let's see if he can pick a good one for us here. All right, ladies and gents, here with Ricky Reviews, Rick Rignola, coming in from Patchogue, New York, on Long Island. Uh, he's going to be our intramural guest of the week. Rick, I'll let you dive in. I'm going to set the scene a little for you. Down in Fairfield, Connecticut, uh, spanning from the years 2014 to 2018 here is your intramural career with the Pioneers. Uh, so we'll let you dive right in with your story of the week. Yeah. Thank you very much to both of you for having me on. Uh, so we're going to start off dodgeball playoffs. Bunch of guys from the honors floor in Ron Colley Hall. Just, just six guys that really don't belong doing anything athletic. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we show up to the dodgeball playoffs of, of intramurals at Sacred Heart. And first up, we got, you know, a bunch of frat guys. We're down early, but we come back. We rally. We beat them. There's a, a lovely moment at the end of that first game where uh, someone tries to peg Kurt from about a foot away after the whistle. Kurt catches it, throws it right back in his face. They 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 run away, tails tucked between their legs. Yeah. I Next up. The key to that story, too, was just how much of, like, a douche squad that was that we were facing. I mean, those kids the entire oh, game awful. complaining. The rules were completely broken. The refs were getting bullied by these football guys who were playing or frat guys. And so the kid comes up. It's like a one-on-one -on -one at the end. And instead of just, you know, hitting me legs, maybe lower yeah. body that I can't catch, he for some reason like lightly tosses it at my general torso area. And I just one hand catch the <laughs> ball. And that was it. That was the game. And they... They couldn't complain anymore because he literally didn't get me out. Why do and I they, feel like – go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say the quote I remember like vividly is like the, the ump saying that the kid was out and him tossing it at you and saying, no, you're out, and you catching it and throwing it back and be like, no, you're out. <laughs> it, was just, it was just beautiful. Oh. I, what I was going to say is that's like a stereotypical situation where like there's no one else you would – I guess think about or picture in your head than just a hardo frat guy just yeah. trying to like get under your skin and Absolutely. you just throw it right back in his face. Absolutely. I mean, it's one of the greatest feelings of my life, I would have to say, in the moment. If I could replicate that and inject it into my veins every single morning, I would. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, I was fired up. Kurt was the, 
the cannon on the team. He he was throwing all the balls. I just I ran around gathering them. I just handed them off to him. We had strategic players. I mean, we weren't all gunslingers like Favre out there. No. But you, somebody's got to get the balls and supply the inventory to be thrown. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was a dodger and a catcher. I, I didn't throw until there was like five feet of space left when they kept shrinking the squares. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, it was quite, yeah, quite quite the um, different variety of teams there. There were uh, a few sports teams. I think there was the baseball team was playing, the football team was playing, and then uh, a team very close to our hearts was the girls' hockey team. Yeah, I mean, they were fantastic. <laughs> and, uh, they they were crushing people. I'm pretty sure they beat the boys baseball team pretty easily because this this one redhead girl who was an absolute rocket, not only in looks but both in her arm as well. Yeah. She was just throwing <laughs> people out left and right. Straight out of dodgeball. It was the same trick. That's outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. She's she's not a lesbian, but she is bisexual. <laughs> and she just was knocking people on the rest. Yeah. And with that said, I mean, they must have made it. That was either quarters or semifinals when we faced them. And they beat some damn good guys teams in there. Uh, so the power of, oh, yeah. of uh, women's equality coming in there and just effing some guys up. Yeah. But once once they had to go against the, the nerds from, from the honors floor, they just they folded like a lawn chair. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they were we, they were no match for our coaching. We progressed to some some games further down the line, and yeah, so I screwed it up earlier. I said uh, it was pr- either the football or the frat team, and it definitely was the frat team early because then we get to the finals. Yeah, and that's when we faced the football team. Yeah, we faced the football team in the finals, and they were all jacked. It was it was quite scary watching from afar knowing that we would have to play them but then once we get in there correct me if i'm wrong it was every every time you played somebody it was best two out of three i, I think we beat them two nothing yeah they were not our hardest game that's for sure uh the intimidation factor may have gotten prior opponents but at that point we were riding to the top of the mountain and we we were just riding glory so they were they had muscles but they were they were show muscles they didn't have any power behind those. No, pl- no pliability on those arms, none whatsoever. <laughs> no, no, they definitely were not following the TB12 method. And and with that, I know it was either you or Mike G, our other roommate, uh, the next day showing up to class. You get T-shirts for these intramural championships, which we oh took my a, gosh. a lot of pride in down at uh, Sacred Heart. And yeah, Rick, if you can just dive into that scenario a little, yeah. So the way they were doing the the dodgeball league was that there were two divisions, which really were no different. They were just just two different groups of teams. And then at the end, like the winners of those two divisions played each other. And we and that we played the football team and we beat them. But the intramural lady who was at the as in charge of everything, she gave shirts to winners of both divisions. And oh, so this that's kid just, wears you hate to see that. the shirt to class. And and I think it was Mike G confronted him and was just like, "Guy, what are you doing? You lost." <laughs> yeah, and it's it, at, oh that, my at that point it's integrity of the league. Like you, if you even if you get a shirt, you cannot wear that. That shirt you can't has wear to be public. Even. Even. I mean, no, yeah. that's a pajama shirt. At that's the shirt yeah. you bed under the covers. You don't want anybody seeing or hearing yeah. about that. Shit. And then I can't even no. imagine if I'm that kid in class and you know to the, wear it in public the, in the, class. 
The kid from the honors floor is coming down and calling you out. Mike G, if you've met (laughs) Mike G in person, him telling this to a football kid, that's a comedy. It is. Especially when he's 18 years old. And, yeah. and still running 70 miles a week. He made he, he weighed maybe 120 pounds soaking wet. Yeah, a frail little body he was at that point. Um, Just coming and calling him out. I like to envision the story with maybe maybe the guy's girlfriend sitting next to him, just <laughs> looking at him yeah. in disgust, a good old, knowing that she's she's dating a fraud. Yeah, basically Mike G coming in and cucking him. Oh, my God. That's, that's I, about I, what yeah. happened. <laughs> good old... As close to a class as we can in a college classroom. Absolutely. Outside of any websites we won't name here because we don't do free advertising. And then, but we can. Yeah, to go along with all that, that wraps up like our intramural story of the week. But Rick, past life was a little league umpire, and we got to oh, get this is true. A, one of his <clears throat> all-time great stories on the podcast here. I'll leave it. Leave it at that. Drew, feel free to interject. Yeah, at any moment, please stop. Uh, I like to say that this story is the greatest asset that I have in my life. <laughs> I've told it a number of times. I only get better at it. Uh, so I'd like to start off by saying I've umped a game between these two teams before. Um, and the umpire, the coaches of the teams came up to me afterwards and said, that was some of the best umpiring we've ever had. Thank you so much for calling a good game. I said, thank you. Went on my merry way. Yeah. I come back now. It's the playoffs. Okay. Like first, okay. first round of the playoffs, these two teams are facing each other again. Um, I should also say that these are 9- and 10-year-olds. Nice. <laughs> thank you for mentioning that and clarifying. Yeah. And so uh, when you know you got 9- and 10-year-old pitching, I have a relatively big strike zone because I got fucking places to be, and I can't wait for these 9-year-olds these to, to get the ball over the plate. As do most. That is fair. Yeah, they're not going to come in there painting the black like like Verlander in a playoff game. It's just not going to happen, simply put. No. And there's no one banging cans in the background, so these, these kids are lost. <laughs> oh, dagger. Oh, man. Dagger at Houston. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll start off. People are, people are complaining about the strike zone already. It's the, it's the same exact strike zone I had the first time I up between them. Whatever I can, I can deal with the with parents being upset and whatnot. Now we're, it's about two innings left in, in a six inning game or whatnot. Uh, I have a second job at Modell Sporting Goods, and <laughs> oh, I have a shift that's about to start in like an hour. So these two these two innings need to go by quick <laughs> if I'm gonna make it there on time. Just ringing people up, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> that's what I'd. I'd like to say that's the, that's it. That's the rest of the story. I struck a bunch of kids out and went home, but uh, shit got off the rails. So um, there's there's like a runner on base. A kid hits a ball to the gap, and uh, the runners are rounding rounding the bases, you know. And uh, one of the fielders is just standing on second base, just like fucking hand in his pants, just standing there. <laughs> so the runner obviously bumps into him, falls down, and then he gets thrown out at third. I'm like, that's fielder interference. Like, you can't just, like, fucking block the runner, and then he exactly. gets thrown out. He's he's yeah. safe. Coach loses his mind. <laughs> like, he's like, what are you talking about? Like, you were only saying that because you heard a coach yell it from over there. I was just like, guy, what are you talking about? Like, how are you going to tell me that this isn't the right call? So now, like, that coach is super pissed. He thinks, like, 
he should have an extra run on the board. He's like, fine, we'll we'll say the score is nine five, but just I know tack, it's ten five. What? Just oh tack one up there on the scoreboard? That's ridiculous. Yeah, what yeah a I'm like, I, yeah, I'm like, no, that's not happening. Whatever we deal with that, I like. It takes like five minutes to get these coaches to stop fighting each other and yelling at me in the process. Oh, I sort God. them out, get them back to the dugouts. We start the next inning. Kid, uh, kid on the team that's winning's pitching now. He's doing pretty well, pumping the zone, peppering the board, uh, throwing some strikes, and uh, a coach comes up, stops the game, and says, "We're putting this game under protest." We think this kid is above the age limit. We think he's 11 years old. He's, oh my god! He's, the he's doing too scenario. well. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! The, the yeah. pitcher, regarding the pitcher, yeah. just pumping it in there. Yeah, because oh. this is a nine and ten year old league. They think the kid's 11, and and meanwhile the kid weighs like 50 pounds. Like he's <laughs> he does not look old. Yeah, like there's no physical evidence behind that allegation. Yeah, and so I'm like what the hell am I supposed to do? They're like, it's a fucking little league game of nine and 10 year olds. The game's under protest. I'm just like, I'm just going to disregard that. Sure. The game's under protest. Whatever you say. <laughs> I go, I was like, is anyone this kid's father? And I'm like, he's some guy raises his hand. I'm like, how old is he? They're like, he's nine years old. <laughs> it's like, how are you going to call this nine year old? 11. I'll That's hammer the under. <laughs> hammer the under. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So things, things are just tense. Everybody's really pissed. Like, this is now taking forever to get through this game. It's now time to just ring people up. So the kid's throwing. <laughs> I'm striking people out left and right. The balls are in the dirt, like, over <laughs> the kids' heads, behind them, strikes. I don't care. Like, this this has got to end. So uh, I think the my favorite part is now um, a ball that hits a kid. But as he's... As it hits him, he like does. He tries to get out of the way, but you know he flails with the bat, like unintentionally, and the bat goes through the zone. We've so I ring him that. up. That's a strike. Yeah, I ring him up. I said, "Drop the strong. bat. Get that bat out of the zone." Yeah, he should have known that. Yeah. Well, it's that in the elbow he, and the he arm. He like took his hands apart. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, the 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 arm, the his left because he was a righty, so the left arm held the bat and he like spread his arms apart. I said the bat yeah. went through the zone. Strike three, sit down. Oh, the Jesus. mother is directly behind home plate, and she loses her goddamn mind. <laughs> and she starts yelling, deplorable, deplorable. This is deplorable. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> and I just turn around and say, that's the rule. These are the rules of baseball. Yeah. Get yeah. over it. Absolutely. Like, and the- I don't. The I use do of not deplorable. Care. The use of deplorable way ahead of her time in this scenario. I mean, this is what maybe six to eight years ahead of when we're talking. It was used in the mainstream media. So good on her for using the dictionary oh, yeah. and fishing that one out from I, the deep end. I have I'm no not idea sure what, what I that word done. even meant. I'm not sure what I would have done in that situation if that woman, but after after just being able to feel and you know possibly even see the tension. Along the field, yeah. among the dugouts, oh, having yeah. that woman, who I'd like to consider, you you know the Karens with the bob haircut, oh, yeah. who who have a problem with just about everything that exists on earth. 
that's who I picture that being. And it's, it's very unfortunate that those people exist. Yeah. And I saw this <clears throat> similar scenario happen in some sort of all-star event up in Danvers and a kid got beamed with a curveball to the helmet and went down like he was knocked out cold. The ump still rung him up there, and <laughs> th that's just some good old-fashioned oh justice. I mean, that's a good breaker. That's a knee buckler. What are you going to do? So did it hit him? Oh, yeah. Like, hit him? He was oh, injured. He was, like, injured, had to be taken off the field, uh, still rung him oh, up, my God. and the, the field just waited. We just sat there. That was it. I mean, as Rick said, rules are rules. Like, it doesn't matter what's going on in the game. It doesn't matter who's behind the fence. A rule's a rule, I guess. And I, I respect that decision. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not going to not gonna break these rules, especially when they benefit me on a time constraint. Yeah, you yeah. got to get to motels and start slinging some shoes and some, some gym shots, you know? I don't blame <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, I got to sling some merch. Yeah. So, in, like, during this time, this lady's losing her mind. And I'm like, should I just toss this girl to the parking lot right now just like tell her to go sit in her car for the rest of the game yeah and i was like about to do it arm cocked and then i was just oh. like what if she pulls a, a billy martin just sort of walks on the field starts kicking dirt i can't have that that's going to take too long to clear so i just you know <laughs> turn yeah turn the on. other cheek and just thought. keep calling the game yeah yeah strike out her son's teammate move on next inning oh, so <laughs> we're now Fast this isn't it. To... Oh my god! Oh, it's, oh it's, it's, Jesus! I'm sweating. Like it's now the like last half inning. One team is up by four runs, and the coaches are yelling back and forth about that one run that would have maybe scored earlier. And one saying like, "Well, like we're we're up five runs. You know what? I don't even care here. Like." We'll say you're up four runs because my kid's about to come in and strike out these next three batters. It's not going to even matter. So fine, four runs. Oh, and like, God. They're up five runs. Like that's, that's ridiculous. They're up five. This kid does not come in and strike out the next three guys. <laughs> oh. He walks the first three batters. Oh. They're not, oh, like, oh, I'm oh, trying oh, to strike oh, kids oh. out, and he's rolling the ball to the plate. Like, oh, no. It's, it's absurd. So now I'm like, fuck up. I'm like a gapper away from this being like a real problem of where I'm going to have to tell these people how many runs are scored. I'm, I can barely keep track right now. So uh, I have to take matters into my own hands. The kid gets them a little bit closer to the plate. They're still maybe two feet outside, and I just start ringing kids up one, two, three. <laughs> did you make it to your this, shift on time? I did. Did you make it off I made the it field by, alive? Like, That's my question. I Modell struck out the last guy. Struck out the last guy. I said, "Good game, everybody. Goodbye." And I just like briskly walked to my car. I put like I have to write the score and like the game I umped in the box. I put it in the box. I got in my car and I sped the fuck out of there. And I made it to my shift on time by like maybe a minute. Wow! What wow. a what an underdog story there. And for any of you parents out there who witnessed this game for Patchogue Little League, I assume it was, uh, will uh, be... Selden, Long Island, that was. Selden, Long Island. All right. Well, <clears> if <throat> you saw this game, if you hear the story and it haunts you to your core, uh, we'll welcome you on the podcast. Absolutely. We want to hear These the other These kids side. are high schoolers now. I, I want to hear their story. Yeah, because I mean... I mean, that would be incredible. If that's happening during my game, I, I will hate that guy for the rest of my life, probably, if we lost that game. 
Oh, I've, I have such a different opinion of umpires now because I remember being nine years old and getting, you know, rung up on balls that were definitely not strikes. But when you're in the umpire shoes, you can't, you can't wait for kids to throw to a big league strike zone. No. But some people would also argue the fact, hey, you shouldn't be worrying about your Modell shift and we should be keeping this playoff uh, situation and the integrity of the league going. <laughs> I mean, but at the same time, Kurt, you got to realize you got to umpire to the game. Like, you you can't have it. You realistically can't have a game go on for that long. No, but like, he, like some of these kids are incapable of throwing a what you would call big league strike. Like, so you need. I feel like no, it's I feel not like it's a big league strike. Alter the strike zone. He admitted to the fact there were dirt balls being called strikes. I mean, there were ones three feet outside to get him out of there. <clears> I'm not gonna let him off the hook for that. That's no It's chance. human error. Listen, it's human error. That's all it is. The, the I will say, like, I didn't I didn't uh make the game shorter than it was supposed to be. Like if the game went the normal like two and a half hours that they're allotted, I would have made it to my shift on time, no problem. But with all the arguing and, and everything going on, things were running to like the three and a half hour mark for a six inning nine year old baseball game. Yeah, I mean tomato tomato, we'll have to disagree on those points, but Rick, thanks for coming on. That was great. Absolutely. Um, Amazing story. We I'm really sh- appreciate it. I'm sure we'll be hearing some other stories either coming out of the shoe or maybe even a movie review from you. Uh, we know that's your special. Oh, thing. I'd love to. Yeah. Anytime. So, so we'll get a hot movie in the streets from you one of these days. Uh, thanks. Well, there's not a lot of movies coming out, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, with, with we might. Corona. We'll get some old ones then. That's That's what it sounds like. Yeah, we'll get some Ricky retros in. All right. See you later. Thanks, Rick. Thanks. Uh, That was fantastic. A lot of laughs, a lot of fun uh, being part of those stories, that's for sure. The shoe, baby, the shoe. Roll pios. Repping. (laughs) As for the last segment we'll roll into here is going to be pet peeves. For us specifically, it's usually social media. Um, We'll run through Instagram, Facebook, and then we'll even get into uh, non-social media pet peeves that Drew has been complaining about for years. Uh, so with that, Drew, why don't you give us your side of the story on the Instagram birthday stuff? Because I don't get it. I personally. would love to. So, okay. So I know a lot of you guys out there have Instagram and it's your birthday and there's a bunch of, you know, whether it's embarrassing or it's a cool picture or video, there's a bunch of content out there floating around and, your, birth, your birthday rings around and, and people are um, tagging you in things, wishing you a happy birthday and your story. And usually, I don't. I think it's if you're public or a person's public, but um, you know, long story short, typically, you know, Instagram gives you the option of sharing that story um, that they tagged you in on your story. So um, some people like Curtis seem to think that it's almost a Scott situation where, you know, Jen, uh, happy birthday. She says, oh, it's not my birthday. Um, you know, oh, we share the same birthday. Long story short, people think it's for attention. I don't think it is. I think if it's a funny, you know, cool, whatever it is, if it's entertaining, you post it. That's how I feel. I think, I, I don't think I should be, or anyone else out there, I'm speaking for everybody who does this, because I would say 70% of Instagram users probably do this. Um, I'm speaking for everybody when I say that I think it you should have you should feel okay 
sharing the this in this content for your birthday and on your birthday no less to be chastised on your birthday about sharing content <laughs> that your friends tag you in i mean that's just lunacy to me and i'll just drop the mic there and hand it off to you yeah for thanks for the setup there uh i've publicly stated on twitter my opinions about this and i've got <laughs> lambasted for it <laughs> lambasted i don't know how you say that word either but, do i tomato tomato i mean I, and I felt bad at one point because they were like, it's their birthday. You're like ruining their birthday uh, because <laughs> it was a subtweet of some sorts. But uh. then I look back on it and I don't feel bad at all because it is the Michael Scott situation. You're posting pictures of yourself on your own page, on your story. And, wish, and it says happy birthday. It, you're wishing yourself a happy birthday. My own brother Wish yeah. himself a happy birthday. I mean, your own blood brother did. Same my, womb. My he own did it. blood brother, my own best friend, both did it. And yeah. I I will dish it I out. I mean, that's a tough, tough. That's got to feel, you got to feel horrible. No, I didn't feel horrible at all because I wished him a happy birthday earlier in the day. <laughs> and then he did that. That way I could go and ridicule him for it, just like I yeah. did you on your own birthday. Yeah. Because I you need to keep own. people honest. <laughs> I, th I think you can go either way. Like the way that you're looking at it is, okay, you know, people are doing it for attention. They're fishing for birthdays. They're wishing themselves happy birthday. Yeah. Or you can say, okay, I'm just trying to share the content, you know, have a little fun on, on my um, anniversary of birth, no less. Um, but people are sharing that content for you. Like it's yeah. not like it's not being shared. It's yeah, out there. Yeah, that's true. It's already out there. That's a good point. So – to each their own. I mean, you guys, you, the listeners can make that decision for themselves. It's something that we've talked about for months, years. Um, it always comes up whenever it's a close friend or relative. You know, it's definitely something that I think Curtis, Curtis doesn't forget. You know, whether it's no. a, a Thanksgiving Eve, a Christmas party, he greets you, <laughs> shakes your hand, looks you in the eye. And the first thing he's thinking about is, well, did this person wish themselves a happy birthday on Instagram? I do not know. I got a list so, like the guy in Billy Madison, and I'm crossing it off with lipstick. Yeah, just crossing it right off. That's all it is. <laughs> all right. Next up on my to-do list would be grade posting on Facebook. I mean, it's the same uh, basic yeah. thought pattern for me of, hey, I'm going to throw out my accolades i'm gonna put my stuff out there let me jump in here too because i think you agree percent? with me on this yeah 97 percent of them start with what do they start with kurt i don't usually do this I've, i'm not one to do this every time i read that in a in a, a lone tear trickles out of the corner of my left eye every time i'm not sure if it's disappointment laughter sadness but you just know what you're getting yourself into. So you need to read those first few words of that first sentence. Yeah, and I don't care if you're going to Harvard Med School or if you're going to Salem State University. North Shore Community. Matter. doesn't it matter. It does not matter. We don't need to see your grades. Hey, great job on the semester. You know who's going to tell you that? Your close friends and your family. I don't need you on Facebook seeing from yeah. you know, Joe Smo over there giving you a, a random like to have all eights. Yeah, I mean, the moral of the story is everybody is in is in a similar situation when it comes to college grades. Everybody's obviously grinding and pushing. Everybody has different things going on, different variables in their life, different obstacles to overcome. So I think for me, it's just a matter of people who post them act like there's no one else out there fighting a similar battle when there are plenty. Yeah. Thousands, if not millions of, of U.S. citizens 
there's who are kids fighting that starving, in, starving in the world, and we get grade posts on Facebook like yeah. it's, you know, Leonardo da Vinci's new painting. Yeah, just, we don't love it. Um, we certainly respect those who do it. We just don't agree with it. And that's as, sim- that's as simply as I can put it. So the next time you see a posting on Facebook that starts with, I don't usually do this, think of us and think of the right way to view that individual at that very moment. We'd appreciate that. First Amendment, as always. But, <clears throat> yeah, I, I can't get past those if I see it. Uh, lastly, yeah. let's get into your personal favorite. Yeah, I mean, this is something I've been wanting to really sink my teeth in for a while on a public stage. I think this is something that I have, uh, as, as far as I could, I, I've publicly um, shamed these individuals for years and years. And it's the people who whether you are on a public, any public transportation for that matter, let's just cover, let's just open up the umbrella with that. Any public transportation, whether it's a bus, a plane, a train, a van, I don't care what it is, when you are a mere minute to 60 seconds, 50 seconds, 40 seconds from reaching your destination, and you have the people who shoot up out of their chair, out of their booth, out of their seat, like they are just a bat, flying out of hell, I just don't see the reason for it. We are all going to get to the same place at the same time. I was flying, I want to say it was six to eight months ago um, with my girlfriend, and we were in the back row of the plane, and there was a couple uh, across from us in the row, um, and the boyfriend instructed his girlfriend to, the plane had, the tires had not even hit the ground yet, Curtis, and these people are grabbing their stuff and sprinting to the front there was a father of three who I thought was going to snap this this individual's neck. It was quite entertaining for me because that is how I feel every time. We don't advise against that uh, for that either because that's against FAA regulations until that flight attendant tells you you can unbuckle that seatbelt. Uh, for me, I'll just throw a counterpoint out, out there because I <laughs> I probably agree with you here. But after yeah. doing you know across the Atlantic flights a couple of times now there's nothing <clears throat> i hate more than that seat after we have just landed and you've been on the plane for six to eight hours because that's the yeah. only thing i can see of hey i just want to stand up because my ass is as flat as the ironing pan and like you know <laughs> that, i know and i get that i get that that's probably going through a ton of people's minds like just get me out of this goddamn seat and get me off this plane this train whatever it is but at the same time let's be a let's be just a human being with general morals and common sense for once and just realize that let's just have a little bit of respect for about 5 to 10 minutes yep. take a couple deep breaths and let's just all get off in an orderly respectful fashion without anybody trying to fight at anybody cuz every time it happens you see the people the hardos going into Boston for a Bruins game a couple, you know, natty lights deep. They give them the side eye. They're like, what are you doing? You see it every time. I don't care where it is. People don't like it, and I am one of them. I hate it. Stay in your seat. Be respectful. And get up like a normal human being. That's all I got there. Yeah, but – and then again, I'm fine if they're standing up. Say they're in an aisle seat, uh, and they're standing up and not pushing forward at all. So if there's no forward progression – if there's no, you know, forward ball movement, then forward I'm, okay. I'm okay with it. 
because yeah. they're just standing there. They're just trying to get a little stretch in, maybe get the bag they're at the out. Line of they, didn't, they didn't even get a yard, you're at, saying. At some point, you got to get the bag out over the overhead storage. So, you know, you're yeah. making the process going quicker at that point. But if you start moving forward, if you move past your aisle, that's it. I'm done with or, you. Or, hey, one more thing. You got the people who you're sitting down being respectful and the person behind you is literally breathing down your neck and their, like, chin is touching you. And you just feel their the presence and heat of their body touching you as you stand as you, as you sit respectfully in your seat. Yeah. Nothing worse. Well, uh, no, I got something worse, and that Let's worse would be when you're on that across the Atlantic flight, and you get somebody who may yeah. have just either left the bathroom or is going to the bathroom, oh, and a oh. and a just tsunami hits you in the face, and you look at your seatmate and you go, "Was that you?" And you both <laughs> and you both say no and then you're like okay it was the it was the guy walking past there was a couple aisles up but that is bad i mean that's horrible and i mean i i'll I'll be the first to tell you there's nothing worse than than airplane diarrhea like (laughs) (laughs) all right yeah i mean i wouldn't want it i wouldn't wish it upon my worst of enemy no it's it, first off, it's a horrible feeling to have that sweat on the upper lip. <laughs> Your stomach starts to churn, and you realize that you're there's two bodies in front of you that you need to get by to get to that bathroom. It, and that's not a fun experience because once you get to the bathroom, you the journey has just started because that is not a fun bathroom to be in at all. So, my best advice to those people are. You know, from the other side, looking at what, you know, the opinion that you're saying is try to eat right, try to get some sleep, you know, mix in a couple waters, hold off on the vodka soda till you get there because it's going to be a bad time. Maybe don't get the beef ravioli uh, airplane dinner either. You might want to hold yeah, off. Yeah, maybe on lay, off of the, lay off of the, uh, of the haddock on the plane um, in middle America and, and, and try to go with maybe a, a slab of chicken or, you yeah. know, some pasta or something, a little bit less risky. Yeah. And then when you get to the bathroom, say everything, you know, goes well, you got to deal with that Mike Luster one-ply toilet paper. And that, again, I mean, you can see through that stuff. You can. You literally can. It's like you're wearing a pair of glasses. You know, if you don't lay that baby up by, like, six or seven sheets, your finger's going directly through into your small intestine every time. All right, and with that, we'll we'll let you guys out of here because that got a little dark at the end. But uh, Drew, as always, a pleasure. We hope to have Devin on for episode two in the coming Absolute days, pleasure. and we'll try to try to give you guys some good side of quarantine. Maybe who knows? And I got a I got a good one sitting on the sitting on deck here uh, with screen porches down south versus back home. And before we go, I'd like to make a quick note and, and thank Samuel Adams yes. uh, out of Boston, Mass. Yep. We love Sam Adams. Um, they're our sponsor for the day. Whether it's a Sam Summer on the deck of Captain Carlos or a cold snap, um, wherever you may be celebrating holidays with loved ones, choose Samuel Adams of your beer of choice. Yes. And all, as always, with the hat you got going and the vest I got on, roll Pios. Godsp- roll Pios. Godspeed.